0: Welcome to Sitting Sports Side. I'm Drew, joined with Pate, and we've got an action-packed episode. Uh, as both of our teams are back in action, the Tennessee Vols are headed down to LSU this week. Um, Pate, how you feeling coming off a of bye week?
1: Uh, I'm glad we had a bye week after the Florida game and not before the Florida game because in years prior when we've had a bye before Florida, we've come out slumping. Uh, so I think rest was much needed, but I'm worried about a slumping going into a really fast LSU team.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it brings into the debate rest versus rest versus rust. Um, going into a hostile environment, Death Valley's nowhere to nowhere you want to play a football game. The only saving grace is uh, it's a noon game for the, for the Tennessee Vols.
1: Yeah, noon games. Uh, wake up, get your work done, get out. But definitely worried about how fast LSU looks. I'm also worried because key Tennessee players are still out. Worried about Cedric Tillman. I personally think even if he's good to go, I think they should rest him because we got more important fish to fry than just LSU.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking ahead next week, you know, we've got the game of the week probably Tennessee Bama. Um, especially if Tennessee can stay in the top five, that's that's going to be the eight o'clock primetime game. You, you got to think for the SEC.
1: Yeah, 100. percent I don't know if you check ticket prices, but they're even more than the Florida game. They're upwards of like 360 bucks. Whew.
0: God, that is that is just so much money to spend to go sit upper deck of the game.
1: Yeah, I don't know about your opinions of it, but I feel like it would be more worth it to just go to Knoxville and like be around it. And I mean, obviously, if I could get a ticket, I would go 100. percent But just $300, that seems like a lot to not be able to really watch the game.
0: No, I mean, especially if that's $300 for an upper deck ticket. I know looking at tickets around for like a Panthers game and stuff, you can get cheap tickets, but they're top rows and you're watching you're basically just going to the game and watching it on the tv screen anyways and and cheering um i think being in the environment is definitely definitely a better thing to do uh and if you can't get tickets that are at a good viewing angle um nobody wants to be no you don't want to spend three dollars and then just go to the stadium and watch it on the tv there
1: yeah no i 100 agree what do you think about your heels this week against miami house divided
0: uh, yeah, you know uh, my fiance Kinsey. She she's a Miami fan, and since since we've been together, uh, Miami hasn't fared too well uh, in this rivalry. We usually go to the game in Chapel Hill when it's when it's in town, but uh, I I love the spot UNC's in. They've got us at a three and a half point underdog, and nothing eats like a hun- hungry dog. That's for sure. And I, I love UNC to w- just just went right in this game. I, I love going down to Miami. Miami looks like crap this year. Um, they spent a lot of recruitment money on bringing in players and it just doesn't seem to be clicking. Their defense is not great. I mean, we just watched them get roasted by middle Tennessee. Um, so I think I think Drake's going to work, and our defense showed us that it can play defense last week against Virginia Tech. Really, really a big bounce back week last week for the defense. Um, going into a game at Miami, that you know we thought would maybe be a bigger game early in the season, uh, but Miami has definitely spiraled out of control.
1: Yeah, they losing to the Middle Tennessee at home. Not a good look for the Hurricanes. No,
0: no, it's uh, you know, the the U is definitely not back this year, and Mario Cristobal's seat is gotta be feeling a little hot already, um, because I mean they weren't that bad last year. They weren't. They haven't been that bad in in history, and they certainly weren't losing to Middle Tennessee State under the old regime.
1: No, I mean they played Texas a and pretty close this year, did they not?
0: Yeah, that was the week before. Er, that was the week before um yeah that's the part that doesn't make any sense they played uh texas a&m very close um and then they come out and lay a goose egg against middle tennessee state the week later um give up 45 points to a middle tennessee state team after only giving up 17 to a&m um and only being able to put up 31 points and you gotta you gotta it brings into question pate is The U a bad sports college to go to. Um, I know we had Tyler Van Dyke a few weeks ago being quoted that the stadium's far away. uh, Students don't want to come out to the game. And, you know, they lost to Middle Tennessee State at home.
1: Yeah, definitely not a good look. I mean, personally, I've got to visit Miami before. And if I was living in Miami, I could think of 100 other things that I would rather do than drive out of my way to go watch a Miami football game.
0: Imagine being a student there. I think the stadium is thirty minutes away from campus, so you gotta you know pay for parking or pay for transportation to get there. Um, I mean, if you wanted to go to Miami right now, Pate, I can get you a ticket as low as nine dollars. So <laughs> I, I don't know what that says. If that says more about the Hurricanes or the Tar Heels or or both programs, but um, nine dollars is the current going rate for that NFL stadium where the Canes play.
1: I, I wonder if it would be an interesting statistic to look at schools that have their stadium like on campus and walking distance for the students and what their record is versus universities that have the stadium off campus because I know NC State suffers from that like a lot of people don't want to go to NC State football games because it's a kind of a hassle to Uber there Uber back etc.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's all about ease. That's that's one thing I always loved about uh, my days at Carolina is when you go to a game and even going back, when you go to the stadium, you get to just take a walk through campus, uh, literally in the middle of the campus. Um, just makes it easy to go to, easy to tailgate. You can go to local bars and just always walk to the game and stuff. Uh, but I think Miami's, I I know the boosters and Miami fans, they constantly talk and there's new renderings and plans to maybe build a stadium on campus. But I feel like we've been hearing that for a long time from, from the hurricanes and and nothing's really come out of it. uh, As hard rock continues to be half full every week.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I I think Miami really needs to lay into like, their, like, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but like Tennessee fans are always like, feels like 98, um, trying to like build hype around the community around like previous successes and stuff like that. And I feel like Miami really needs to do that and try to push heavy. And I know they're trying to recruit in Florida, but I feel like they really need to go after those like hometown boys.
0: Yeah. I I, I don't know. I thought that the, the old regime had created a kind of aggressive hungry attitude. You know, they had the turnover chain that they were using. Uh, Mario Cristobal has since gotten rid of the turnover chain for defense, which kind of, you know, I'd say Miami started that whole turnover trophy thing that we saw kind of sweep the college landscape. Uh, but but really, yeah, it's it's a question of what is Mario Cristobal doing down there because giving up 45 to Middle Tennessee State is not a great look.
1: Not good at all. I definitely like the the UNC money line, and I think this game is a really good tune-up for a halfway decent Duke team too. And I feel like this is the first time in recent years that the Duke games like actually mattered.
0: Yeah, that, that is, that is right. Um, You know, looking ahead, we've got Duke Um, next Saturday. It's already been announced. It's a night game, uh, 8 PM ACC network game. And I mean, that's pretty hype. Um, UNC Duke football definitely doesn't hold much water compared to the basketball rivalry. Um, But it's, it's nice that Duke is, you know, trying to broaden their horizons as their basketball team is about to plummet to mediocrity. (laughs)
1: It's <laughs> spoken like a true unc fan uh
0: i mean before coach k duke was a mediocre program after coach k they're going to be a mediocre program that's just my that's my take here um and we're just going to see over the next decade duke start to crumble um i don't think john Schottmer is going to be able to continue on that legacy i but, sure hope so you know, college basketball is still about a month away. You know, don't want to look too far ahead, but the Heels are early preseason number one. Um, returning a bunch of starters. It could be another championship run after last year's crazy run.
1: I like how they went from being super hyped to everybody being like, eh, this team's all right. probably not the best that we've had in recent years. And to be honest, like people are even starting to question Hubert Davis.
0: Yeah, I mean, last year, everybody wasn't sure if Hubert was the hire. The team was definitely slumping the, the last couple of years under Roy after that that championship, um, at least in terms of Carolina, what, what we're expecting as, as a Carolina fan. Uh, but I think Davis set has quieted all the critics um, with last season. You You can't put into words what that performance did for the team um and also for his confidence as a coach and not only that but all the players are returning this year to run it back so why not I'm, why not hang another banner
1: i'm so excited it, i think the when unc is good at basketball good things are happening in college basketball it just feels oh, for them, it,
0: it does it does and you know we've got a fun team we've got a bunch of fun players i think that the NILs are a testament to why UNC was able to bring back some of these players that might have looked to go to the league. Um, Way more money to be made as a college superstar than maybe a G League player or going to play basketball overseas. I know uh, the guy from Gonzaga. uh, What's his name? Doug. Uh, Uh, I just forgot his name here. I know who
1: exactly you're talking about. I know. He wears his headband all the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, man, he's got the freaking headband all the time on, and he's really annoying. Drew Timmy—that is his name. Yes. Oh my goodness, it's my—it's my name. That's why I couldn't think of it. Um, <laughs> he just announced—I think it came out that he's making over half a million dollars this year in NIL, and that's why he came back to school. Um, Drew Timmy's definitely not going to the league to be a, an all-star. So. I think that's that's what NIL has done. UNC was able to bring back all their players. Armando got a lot of money. Caleb Love got a lot of money. Um, and, hey, it's good for college sports. Keep college sports alive, and the NCAA definitely doesn't need that money anyways.
1: No. Uh, ridiculous that they're a nonprofit organization, but that that's another discussion.
0: Hey, you know, nonprofit organization where interns produce the final product and get none of the profits. But, hey, that's why how you make $3 billion.
1: Now,
0: uh, uh, oh, go ahead, Pete.
1: Uh, I was just gonna say briefly to touch since we were talking about basketball, uh, just want to throw in for Tennessee basketball a little bit nervous going into the season. Uh, Rick Barnes seems to think that we've reloaded and we're gonna be halfway okay this year, but I feel like losing a lot of key of the like that star potential is gonna be kind of troublesome.
0: Yeah, Tennessee had a great team last year. It'll definitely be interesting to see if they can kind of sustain that. It's been it's been a couple of years of having a pretty consistent team. Um, I mean, we're we're sitting here today, paid one month away from the first regular season game for college, um, and and I really couldn't be couldn't be any more excited. There is nothing like college foot or college football and basketball. College sports are just the better sport, um, especially in the basketball side.
1: I definitely agree. March Madness as a whole is one of the most fun things to participate in. And I feel like growing up in a basketball town, uh, everything just shuts down for the NCAA tournament. So I'm definitely excited to have both of my favorite sports going on at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a good time to to be a college fan. And it's an especially good time to be a UNC fan as we're ready to go get another national ch- championship. Um, hang another banner. Hubert's first. and really establish himself as um, you know the future of unc's basketball program for sure speaking but- speaking of coaches here we have maybe one of the all-time college matchups this college football matchups this week in terms of head coaching p- power we've got jimbo fisher nick saban alabama burst texas down in alabama this year uh, and the Crimson Times going to be looking to redeem themselves last after last year's loss in College Station. Um, no Bryce Young, though, this week, possibly.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, Bama's backup quarterback seemed, I mean, he could probably start it at any other school that he wanted to, right? I, yeah. I honestly don't know if it's going to play that much of a difference. Like, I feel like it's just going to be plug and play.
0: Um, I think what his specialty is, he's he's a better runner um, than compared to Bryce. I know last week he ripped off a couple of long runs uh, late in that game against Arkansas um, and, you know, kind of cost the cover there. Uh, subtle one and four last week in terms of college football, but that's okay. We're back on the horse this week, ready to go. Um, but yeah, Bama with a backup quarterback, I don't think much changes. It does give me a little bit of hesitation. A&M's defense has been stout all, all season. The spread is 24 points, and that just seems like a lot of points with the backup quarterback.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. And, I mean, it, it's going to be hard to be thrown into the fire just instantly playing in a huge primetime game like that.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's an it's the 8 o'clock game. It's the SEC game of the week. and uh, But, I mean, the, the real storyline is this is a revenge game for Saban. Of course, throwing you back to uh, the preseason here, Pate, um there was that beef between Saban where he came out in a May meeting of uh in Birmingham saying that AM bought every single player on their team made a made an NIL deal um as he was begging business leaders in Birmingham to give him more money saying he didn't buy any players uh but that in order to be able to compete in the future he doesn't know if they're going to be able to compete without buying players um and I mean first we got to called out the BS on Saban not paying players
1: yeah that's a little bit ridiculous and then like every time you watch college football on Saturday you see Bryce Young's face plastered all over the Dr. Pepper commercials so
0: yeah but 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 Alabama didn't pay any players Saban is squeaky clean I mean it's just it's just hilarious for him to kind of sit on that high horse and pretend like he doesn't pay players and Alabama players aren't driving luxury cars their freshman season when they walk on campus. But Jimbo fired back to Saban saying, "You know it's despicable that we have to sit here and listen uh, at this level of ball and say these things to defend people and these are seventeen year old kids and and their families we're talking about here. You know Jimbo really defended the families." Um, I just think it's funny to imagine Saban begging Birmingham business leaders for more money than they already contribute to that university as he's making over 11 mil a year.
1: I would be curious to know if Nick Saban is the highest earner in all of Alabama. Like, I feel like there's not enough money to, like, when he's, like, begging the the Birmingham business owners for more money, I feel like they're already squeezing out every nickel that they have for that football team because that's probably the only thing that is relevant in the state of Alabama.
0: Yeah. I mean, Alabama, the state of Alabama has Alabama football to, you know, it's that, that's what it is. Um, but I, it's just rich coming from Saban the likes of saying that they're not paying players when, like you said, we see Bryce Hall and I'm pretty sure the same Nick Saban last year came out and said, come to Alabama, Bryce, Bryce Young has a seven figure NIL deal before he even took a snap. Um, yeah, that, that same Nick Saban. So just, just rich, but A&M's bang players and they're still losing games. So maybe it's not working.
1: Maybe it's not working, but I also think it's it's interesting how Jimbo took the stance of like, th- these are my boys. Like this is the landscape of college football now. Like we're taking care of them and Saban kind of threw them under the bus. Like as a player, I know that I would much rather play for a coach that had my back. I feel like it's kind of like a, not necessarily like a revenge tour coming in because they beat them last year, but more of like a, a statement as like, we got our coaches back because our coach had us.
0: Yeah. Like, like, and you think Jimbo's in the locker room saying, boys, I was out there defending you getting paid. Uh, Whereas Nick Saban thinks his players shouldn't get paid. Um, I mean, just what, what is a Bama player thinking? Like you hear your coach saying that Bama players are not getting paid, but you know, they are like, I just, just doesn't make sense there.
1: Yeah, for sure. It doesn't make sense. Um, quick transition. What about Panthers football this week?
0: Oh gosh. I mean, it's, it's a good thing. We're recording here on Thursday, <clears throat> had a couple, had a couple days to, to simmer down. Um, you know, thinking we're going to, if the season continues on this rate, uh, Pate, we're going to have to start having some emergency podcast on Sunday night. Um, And especially when the foot drops and Matt Rule is fired, there's going to be an emergency podcast as we celebrate that glorious, glorious day. Uh, But it it does look like this offense, this team sucks. The the offense sucks. I was hard on Phil Snow, and, you know, I'm going to take back some of those things. The defense is playing elite-level defense right now. Um, It it really all comes down to the offense and – feels like that's been the story of Matt Rule's career uh, here with the Panthers over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, and just in journal last week, we did not look at it at all. I think Baker had his worst QBR rating that he's had the whole entire season. It just seems to be getting worse. Um, just looking at his, if you plot his QBR over time, uh, his stint in Carolina has been literally the worst, like his worst season that he's had the whole time.
0: Yeah, and You know, beginning of the season, I was big on the Baker Mayfield train. I was all about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was going to be the reason that the Panthers were going to make the playoffs. We were going to sign him to a long year contract after the end of the season. He was going to be the franchise quarterback. Well, uh, as we sit here through three weeks or four weeks, we're one and three. Baker Mayfield maybe could not look any worse. Um, I'm looking to the bench and saying maybe PJ gives the team a spark right now. Sam, Sammy D is is he's still there? He's got the broken ankle. He's not ready to come back yet. But another season, another couple games like this, and uh, I think Baker's going to find himself sitting on the bench and really regretting his decision to renegotiate his contract and bet on himself by giving up almost five million dollars.
1: Yeah, uh, I think he didn't take into account that his offensive coordinator is going to be Ben Ben McAdoo.
0: That, uh, I just, that's the part that just doesn't make sense. I don't know if Baker had any say in, in what the trade, um, at the end of the day, I don't think he had a no trade call. So it was really up to the Browns organization to trade him. Uh, but he definitely did not. He, he came to a situation that is not ideal. Ben McAdoo is not a creative genius. He's not an offensive guru. Um, and, and we've seen that the offense is boring. It's stagnant. Uh, Baker has more batted balls this season through four games than he had all of last season. Um it's just did you ugly see his, this, ugly.
1: his press conference where they were asking him like if he was gonna do anything to change his batted balls or anything, and he was just like the most monotone, like, no, there, if you can find a drill, just I would do it. But no, I can't.
0: I I know we talked about it last week, Pate, but I think that Baker's confidence is at an all time low right now. Um it, it's at the, the all-timest of all-time low. I don't think he could get any lower. His demeanor is just seems off. And, hey, I don't know if you've looked at the schedule, but it, it's not going to get any easier for this Panthers team here over the next four weeks. It's it's going to get a lot harder, and that starts this week uh, with the 49ers coming to town, the San Francisco 49ers coming to town. Uh, just just some fun stats that i got here on the 49ers defense that that you know i thought you might be interested in um, in points allowed this season they're number 1 in rush yards allowed this season they're number 2 in pass yards allowed they're number 2 in rush yards per attempt they're number 1 in total yards given up they're number 1 in yards per drive, points per drive, they're number one in, in that. On third down, they're the sixth best team in the league. In the red zone, they're the number f- they're the fifth best team in the league. And sacks this season, they're number two in the league.
1: So what you're saying is uh, we're not going to score any points?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, the spread on this game was seven, and I, I don't know what the Panthers' offense is going to do. Uh Christian McCaffrey is the literally the only bright spot in that offense, and it took them till the fourth quarter last week to start passing him the ball. On that last drive where they scored a touchdown, he had two passes for uh, almost 47 yards. The rest of the game, he had less than 10 yards receiving. It's like, what is so difficult about working McCaffrey into the passing game and doing shorter routes or, or doing something, just anything different? There's just no ownership, and we got Ben McAdoo sitting here in his press conference today talking about how they're not pointing fingers at people, um, and they're they're pointing fingers at issues. Well, I'm sitting here today, Peyton, I'm pointing fingers at Ben McAdoo. Ben McApoo-poo, you suck. You're a terrible offensive coordinator, and you and Matt Rule are out of here by week eight. I
1: sure hope so. Uh, just some a fun facts about Ben McAdoo. He was the uh... – he coached for the 49ers, didn't he? Uh, as let's see, he was the assistant offensive line coach. So maybe, maybe that's why he's so anti getting the passing game going is because he's like, Oh no, we got to get the offensive line where we got to run.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's just bad. And, you know, I, I know the talk on Twitter was, uh, DJ Moore needs to get OBJ's dad on the line. And, you know, I, I think, I think they might be right. Uh, Save DJ, save Robbie, and, and save CMC. Maybe we just burn it all down and uh, look ahead to next season. But the kicker about that is Peyton. Next season, we have one of the highest caps in the league. So it's
1: going uh, to
0: be a long time.
1: Yeah, not ideal. Uh, just going back to the 49ers defense being crazy, Like if they made Matt Stafford look like he was a high school quarterback, then I imagine they're going to make Baker Mayfield look like he's a – a uh, peewee football player
0: yeah and it's not like the Rams have a great offensive line or anything but I'd say it's maybe on par with the Panthers um, but there's also there's also some uh, rivalry revenge game here and in, in for Nick Bosa Baker Mayfield um, you know going back a couple years Baker Bosa matched up Oklahoma versus Ohio state when Baker planted the the Oklahoma flag in midfield. Um, and a couple, I think last season it was, they, they played, uh, when Baker was still in Cleveland and, uh, Bosa had himself a game and was trying to get Baker to talk. And Baker was just uh, a quiet, scared puppy dog.
1: Yeah. Baker, Baker's like that, uh, guy at the party that like is just belligerently drunk. Can't make anything, uh, Beer pong, And then once he hits that one, he just has the confidence to the roof. So I think if he can have just like that one game where he feels like he's taking over the game and he's the guy, then I think things will turn around. But until we do that, it's just – it's not looking well.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and it's not going to get easier. So like I said, we got the 49ers this week. I, I started talking about so much of the 49ers defense. I forgot to give you an outlook on our next four games. Um, After this game, we've then got the L.A. Rams – and that's a that's a game in L.A., so we're going to have to travel to L.A.
1: L. Uh,
0: then we got Tampa. L. Then we got Atlanta.
1: Don't know about that one.
0: And then we got Cincy. L. So over the next four games, I guess that's five games if you consider the 49ers, we're looking at one and four, maybe uh, – Atlanta at least looks like a competent team. Um, you know, they're building pieces. Uh, they've drafted well. They have a quarterback that's sitting on the bench getting experience under Marcus Mariota, who doesn't look terrible. Um, I think after the next, if, if Matt Rule loses these next three games, you got to think that that seat is fired, uh, is on fire, and he is out the door. I don't know what David Tepper is trying to prove here, other than the fact that Maybe trying to save face that he wasn't wrong, uh, but but it's bad. Things are things are definitely a bad here in Carolina.
1: Yeah, definitely. It it seems like almost an ego thing to me that he's refusing to accept that Matt Rule isn't the guy that he needs.
0: I mean, it it was obvious from the start. Uh, I think that first season. Um, and now they've just been scrambling, trying to bring in new quarterbacks when the, the plan really should have been to rebuild. Um, but Matt Rule can't coach a quarterback. He can't teach a quarterback how to play in the NFL because, well, he's never played in the NFL um, and he has no experience coaching in the NFL. He just has college experience. I think that Matt Rule will look great in Nebraska Red next year um, and he can help turn the Nebraska program around. We know he's a program builder. He turned around Temple. He turned around Baylor. So let's send him back to Nebraska and get the Cornhuskers back on track, and let's get him the heck out of Carolina.
1: Yeah, I would hope that the next head coach that we look for is a – I mean, for me personally, I want somebody that's young. I want somebody that's willing to take risks, and I want an offensive-minded coach.
0: We got to get some offense. We got to get somebody that can develop a quarterback, that can hire a staff that has NFL experience – you know, I, I wouldn't really be opposed to keeping Phil Snow right now. He's that that defense is definitely the bright spot. Um, but Matt Rule Ben McAdoo gotta go. Let Scott Fittner bring in his own head coach. He he was brought in after Matt Rule was already hired, um, and he's been he's been aggressive. He's given Matt Rule the players, and Matt Rule has not produced results. Um, so I hope we can get Fittner to pick a pick his own coach and uh really just start the rebuild i think that's going to involve trading picks trading players and uh it's going to be a long couple of seasons here but we've definitely been delaying the inevitable and it it hasn't gotten us anywhere
1: i totally agree with you so uh if we're bummed about fall because of panthers football what do you think your uh, top five favorite fall traditions are
0: Top five. All right. How do we want to do this? Fall traditions. Do we want to go back and forth or we want to go five at a time?
1: I think we go back and forth.
0: All right. All right. Bet. So we'll go back and forth here. Um, I guess, I mean, my number one fall activity are we doing fall activities? You think
1: fall fall. or Halloween related? What do you think?
0: I mean, Uh, let's
1: do. Focus it around Halloween, because if we focus it around Halloween, then we won't have to talk about football, because football is a fall a good, tradition.
0: That, that's a good call, because football is fall, so and fall is football. Um, number one Halloween activity, it, it has to be carving a pumpkin. Even though Kinsey despises pumpkins, I still think it is probably one of the funnest things about Halloween. It's fun to get in there and be creative, and maybe be a little destructive. Um... And, uh, you know, then you get to eat some pumpkin seeds afterward, which is always a nice little treat.
1: Yeah, uh, pumpkin carving is definitely a lead up there. Do you – all right, here's a question. Do you consider the people that just paint the pumpkins, are they fully, quote-unquote, carving a pumpkin, or is that an acceptable thing to do? Like, are you going to allow your friends, if they come to, like, a pumpkin carving party, to actually just paint to avoid, like, getting the goop out? You know what I'm talking about?
0: So, so we're painting just to avoid scooping goop, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I have to allow it just because it, if not, Kinsey would definitely be upset. Uh, she's not gonna be doing any kind of uh pumpkin cleaning, pumpkin scooping. Um, uh, you know, she would like to show up with a fake pumpkin and maybe do some pumpkin painting. So, I, I think I'll allow painting, uh, just because you know. Pumpkins, I guess, can be gross to some folks.
1: Okay, just had to set the record straight. Okay, uh, my top, or not top. I guess it's not any particular order, but something that I think of when I think of Halloween. No, it's is... got to
0: be your number one. Oh, it's number one. Number one overall pick. One one.
1: One one. Pumpkin carving's hard to pull up. Okay. Um, for me, Halloween is bonfires. Bonfires after like trick or treating and just sitting around the fire. Uh, I guess it kind of incorporate or incorporates another one that I had, but it's like drinking cider, like a warm drink around a fire just feels like uh, fall is like fall Halloween is here, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, bonfires are elite, Um, especially if you do them up big uh, and have some nice cold ice cold beers in the cooler. Um, Nothing like sitting around a fire uh, on a cool brisk night.
1: I think that's the only acceptable time to have a fireball shot too. I think past being 21, you can't have fireball shots anymore unless there's like a special occasion. So Halloween would be the only time.
0: Okay, so so Halloween is the time to take fireball.
1: Yes, because it's like you can put it in a angry orchard and then you kind of have like this like spike cider and it's like, oh, I'm fancy, but not really.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I actually, I do like what you said there, spiking the the apple cider, you know? It's a great point you bring up. Um, my number two Halloween thing it, I'll take a, I'll take a number two here early. Uh, surprise! It's still here. Thought you were going to take it. Is candy. Um, oh. I love candy. I love sweets. I particularly really I and I don't do it of course trick or treating anymore. Um, we'll buy some candy for the kids in the the neighborhood and the complex to come by and get. But what I hope for Peyton is that not a single kid shows up i want that whole bag to myself um i want to wake up on november 1st and have an entire bowl of candy to myself and it, it feels bad just going to the store and buying that you're kind of like oh well i'm just like a, a degenerate adult e- buying a giant five pound bag of candy but when it's left over from halloween it's the perfect excuse to eat a ton of candy
1: are you the t- Okay, so when you get the candy, are you getting, like, S-tier candy, or are you getting, like, B-tier candy that way? Maybe they don't get it, but then when they don't pick up the candy, then it's left off for you, and you enjoy the candy?
0: No, no, no. I'm buying, like, the the top-tier candies. I'm buying the Mars, the, the Hershey mixes with the Kit Kat bars because, I mean, even while I'm handing out candy pay, I'm going to be eating the candy, and I, I don't want to eat B-tier candy. Like, you got to get the nice stuff, and... What I really love about being an adult is going out the morning of November 1st when Walmart has marked down their Halloween candy by 50% and you pick yourself up an extra bag. Um, then it doesn't feel like a degenerate move. It feels like a good deal because you were shopping the discounts.
1: No, I feel that. And speaking of – best part about candy on Halloween is – since we're both older siblings is being able to get the pick of all your younger siblings candy. You're like, "Oh, do you really want that?" and just kind of take, you know. True. It like extends just, your trick or, or trick or treating time. Like you get a couple more years cuz you got people underneath you, you know.
0: That is that is a good point. It definitely does allow you to do some more trick or treating and it it gives you an extra bag of candy to pick out of. I know I was definitely stealing Aaron's Reese's.
1: <laughs> all right my next one is halloween parties i think halloween parties are like the peak of like college parties and i'll explain why because people aren't wearing the same basic khakis all the time it's like you got costumes you got the the mixed drinks are way better that's just like it's so easy to theme a halloween party and it's just i feel like it screams like college party to me
0: 100 percent agree as a unc alum i can tell you halloween parties are the best parties We would always, we always used to have a giant rave. We would put blackout paper on the walls, fluorescent paint up, and uh, have a time. I can definitely get down with Halloween parties. Uh, And like you said, dressing up is fun, especially in college.
1: Especially in college. And then another thing that comes around in fall is worlds. Drumroll, please. First time talking about esports on the podcast. What do you think about worlds so far, Drew?
0: Worlds coming up, Uh, Peyton, I could not be more thrilled to have a little bit of esports conversation come up today. Um, It's going to be exciting. It's in NA. Of course, TSM's not there, but it's still fun. And more importantly, it's at hours that are easy to watch for NA residents. Um, don't have to wake up early. It's going to come on late in the afternoon. And uh, it's going to be some good League of Legends being played. And uh, hopefully NA can can do something impressive this year.
1: Yeah, hopefully NA can do something impressive. I mean, honestly, I just want a team from the West to be impressive. That's, I mean, it sounds sad as an NA fan, but that's pretty much what I cheer for, is I want to see any region other than LPL or LCK win.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got bad news for you here. LPL is definitely going to win this year. Top Esports is going to get the win finally this year. Jackie Love, Knight, are the guys, but in a, I mean, we got a big matchup here tonight against Fnatic. Cloud9 starting out, starting up quickly, but getting out of groups would be huge. Um, and I mean, a first time for NA in the last three years, four years. So that, that's all we can really hope for. I guess the bar is low when it comes to NA League of Legends.
1: Yeah, but it it was hype because it was against an EU team, so that felt good. And there's the trash talk afterwards, like Vulcan's tweets, uh, the waving goodbye to the players on the stage. Like, it was like, yes, please. Because League of Legends is better when trash talk is happening.
0: No, I I agree. And, um, I think I was, I saw it online as, um, somebody was comparing Jojo JoJo's trash talk to like early double lift. And it's like, yes, like that's what League of Legends needs, that's what the fans need. Like, that's why everybody loves or hates lift. Like you have to be a, a galvanizing character, and I think esports is different than like normal sports, where it's not like pushed on the the general public. Like you're not seeing uh, esports news kind of all the time. There's not a dedicated channel and stuff. So being confident or controversial or, or you know starting drama or just talking crap, it gets it gets the people going. Um, definitely a way that esports needs
1: yeah for sure i know uh like when the big like the old guard quote unquote like kind of stepped down and there wasn't really that much drama going on i felt like that was kind of a lull period for me watching lcs like i i used to tune into every single one of the games and try to see like the drama between double lift being on tl playing tsm and stuff like that but later it turned into like i don't know these people there's not a lot of drama going on but i feel like now i'm starting to get used to these players get used to these names uh, people like Vulcan on Twitter, people like Fudge, uh, constantly like stirring things up. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's a video game. So you, I guess you gotta have to have some fun with it, right?
0: Yeah, I think, I think video games are meant to be fun and competition is supposed to be competitive. I mean, NFL players, they talk, they talk junk on each other. NBA players, they talk about each other on Twitter. Like, I think it's a pretty standard thing that we see across the sporting world. Um, I mean, you know, speaking of talking crap about people in the sports world, we had the golf going on where we see golfers do it all the time. Um, I, I think it it breeds competition. It gives fans a storyline to follow. And uh, for both sides, even if, you know, if NA loses that game, EU fans have something to, to kind of throw back in NA's face. Um, so it just kind of works for everybody and, and makes things – just more fun and more engaging, I think overall.
1: Uh, what do you think about the meta so far to watch? I feel like it's been pretty exciting to watch constant team fighting. Um, there's not like a super op comp that just like exodia's through the whole entire game, and it's like it seems like there's a lot of variability. Like there's been 90 champions picked or banned this this uh, play in so far.
0: Yeah i I think it's been fun. I didn't watch too much play ins. I c I've of course I watched the NA games. Um, I think. That what we're going to see is a whole new, we're going to see a more exact meta develop here over the, the group stages as we get some of these top teams in. Um, no offense to the play-in teams, but you get some gimmicky people that try to, you know, it's a best of one. So if you can pull something out that's maybe unexpected um, and, and get yourself a win, you can put yourself in a very good place.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. That that's one of my favorite parts about play-ins is where these like lesser regions are more willing to pick like comfort picks, or try something off the wall and see if it sticks. Uh, like the biggest example that I can think of that is Aatrox has had a lot of prios so far, and one team picks zillions hop into him.
0: Yeah, I mean that that doesn't happen in in a standard LPL game, um, and and those are definitely the picks that you you get to see with these uh, expansion regions.
1: What uh, what champion did you pick for the champion that appears in most roles?
0: Um, I think I picked Trundle for it. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it's just a weird one.
1: Yeah, no, definitely for sure weird. I think I picked Gragas, and Gragas has only been picked so far one time.
0: Who you got? Uh, who you got winning it? Who you think? Where you think a winner's coming from this year?
1: I kind of you already said LPL, so I kind of want to start some controversy. Uh, but uh you know i'm gonna go old reliable i think skt is gonna pull it out i think somebody's gonna knock off lpl kind of early i think top esports just the teams that have so much hype going into it i feel like they have so much pressure (coughs) that's perfect opportunity for faker and company just to slip in
0: yeah um everybody loves faker and i'd love to see i'd love to see them get it you know kind of show up there at the end um I've been following Top Esports for for the last couple of years, and they've been letting me down. But this is the year uh, that that they're going to turn it around. So that was that was your third there, Pate. So my my third uh, back here onto fall activity, Halloween activities. I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna steal one from you here. I think you might have taken it. You left it on the board. Playoff baseball.
1: Oh, playoff baseball, yes, sir. Uh, All classic. So now,
0: no, it's a fall classic. I, I'm not the biggest baseball fan in general. I don't have a team, but I do enjoy playoff baseball. Uh, it means more, of course, but also it's fun to watch the storylines. It's fun to watch elite pitching. Um, and it's really the only time I ever get into the baseball. Uh, and we're we're here. Playoff baseball starts two days? Friday? Thursday? Friday. Friday one day. Friday,
1: Friday, I think. Let me make sure. Uh, yes. We I have, mean,
0: you gotta be feeling pretty good as a Yankees fan getting that bye, even yes.
1: though now Aaron Judge hit his home run. Yankees fans hit bye. Uh, just overall excited for the playoffs. Uh, they're doing a new rent this year. Uh, I personally am impartial to it. I know a lot of people have really polar opinions of it, but I think it overall is good for the good for the game. So
0: usually so what did they add more teams to the playoffs this year?
1: Uh, yes, they added more wild card opportunities.
0: Okay, yeah, because there's there's eight teams playing in the wild card, and the teams, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Astros, and the Yankees all got by to so the next round.
1: Yes, um, and I think it's funny. I mean, I agree. 162 games is a lot. But did you see how? The whole entire season, the Mets had a very comfortable lead, and then right at the end, the Braves just came around and was like, "Whoop, that's ours. Yeah,
0: uh, I was um, tuning in to the, Met, the, the Mets fans' meltdown. Um, as a casual baseball fan, there's nothing more I love than watching the diehard baseball fans just kind of melt down or lose their mind. Um, or have to walk back takes that they made in June. Uh, my number four pick here to to go with the snake to continue on for fall act or Halloween activities, um, essentially so October activities, is gonna be, man, I got two. I'm afraid you might take them, but I'm gonna go ahead and take the corn maze as my my fourth pick.
1: Oh, dude, that's a good one. I didn't think of that one. I did not have that on my list.
0: Oh man, I so I could have saved it for five. It's okay though, but nothing gets down like a corn maze. Um, again, it, it fall activities. You get some cider, and you go walk through a corn maze, and uh, good luck. But I think the harder the better. I think it's funny when you see the stories online of they made the corn maze too hard and they have to send people in to to save them. Um. Or uh, you can you can even go with a scary you can go with the haunted corn maze, uh, which is, is the inverse and gives you that nighttime uh, kind of date activity to do.
1: No, for sure. Uh, I don't know if that would be included in corn mazes, but I was going to say hayrides. I'm an adult, no, but I still enjoy a hayride.
0: I think a hayride is a, a separate a, a separate entity. Um, and definitely one that I had on my list. I was actually considering whether, you know, I needed to take it there. Um, I clearly made a mistake in, in my calculations. Um, now, do you want to sit on the hay or do you just want to go on a tractor ride? Would you rather there be benches on the the trailer?
1: I, it depends on the the group that I'm with If it's just me by myself or like adults going that I would not want the hay but if I'm with kids, I feel like the hay is just like an integral part like I want the kids to be itchy. I want them to have that experience that I had of having the straw just like continuously poke you in the legs.
0: Yeah, like uh okay so for a boozy hay ride, you prefer it to be benches Now if it's a boozy hay ride, do you still want there to be hay in the trailer?
1: yeah like tasteful hay, like maybe pushed up against the corner with a scarecrow and a pumpkin where it's like, oh, there's the maybe, hay, but maybe
0: scattered around the floor, too, so you're walking on the hay, but not sitting on it, right?
1: Yes, exactly, hundred percent
0: right. because nothing nothing's more annoying than than hay in the ass.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, Pete, you got one more pick here to round out your top five of uh, October activities.
1: Uh, I'm gonna say jump it uh, kind of sounds weird cause I said I didn't like the hay like touching me, but jumping into piles of leaves.
0: Whoa!
1: Way out of left field. But I would say it's like a nice little reward after you spend the whole time raking your yard up and you get all the leaves out, and you're just like, God, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's like you're just jumping in a refreshing pile of leaves, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, there is no better feeling than than just kind of raking up some leaves as a kid and then jumping in that pile or um, jumping in the piles that you see around the neighborhood. Um, I remember... I remember the time when I stopped jumping. The moment that I stopped jumping in leaf piles, uh, I was probably about 10 or 11. We we're going for a walk. Saw a giant leaf pile side of the road. looked great. Huge leaf pile, taller than me at the time. Jumped in, Peyton, and I landed on some dog shit. Um, and after that, I stopped jumping in leaf piles. So
1: that's that's when you turn into an adult, right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was it was at that moment that I knew leaf pile jumping was no longer for me. But up until that point, it was an elite activity to do in the fall, uh, definitely in October.
1: I feel that. That's all I got for that.
0: I, I'm kind of stuck here. I don't have a great option. I'm just going to pick a cliche uh, October activity to do. It's going to be apple picking, and, and we can get into the discussion of, of what apple picking is. I... I know it's a popular activity amongst people. I, I'm trying to build a better top five than than you did here. So I want to make sure to talk about apple picking because it's maybe the least fun and most overhyped October activity that is out there.
1: I think your top five is definitely better than mine. But since we're talking about apple picking, I feel like it's you're paying for the experience, but at the same time, the experience maybe isn't that fun. Like I, I, the whole time I'm like, man, I could literally go to the grocery store and get more apples for cheaper. So I have that in the back of my mind and it kind of ruins the experience.
0: Yeah. It's like, I don't really want to go apple picking. I don't mind going to the farm and like looking at some animals, but like the, the paying to go pick apples, it just feels like it really feels like they should be paying me. Um, I mean, right. Like, yeah, I'll pay for the apples, but I, I shouldn't pay more to pick the apples than I can at the grocery store for the apples.
1: Yeah, it seems kind of like reverse work. It's like instead of getting paid to work, you're paying to work. And then it's like, why do I want to spend my Saturday doing that? I don't know.
0: And then also, like, I mean, living here in the city in Charlotte, there is the closest apple farm is 50 minutes away. So then I got to drive 50 minutes both ways to to go pick apples. Um, you got to deal with all the kids running around. It's just maybe not my my cup of tea. Um, I enjoy eating apples. It is apple season. Um, head out to your local farmers market and shop local. But yeah, don't don't spend your time apple picking. Just go to the grocery store. Uh,
1: there, there's better fall activities to do for sure. Definitely agree with that. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty disappointed with my top five to be honest. I need to reevaluate. I would
0: you have to go back to the drawing board as we come up with another topic for next week and, and, and come up with that strategy. Uh, but you know, looking at this list here, I, I think I did kind of dominate this one, Pate. Um, uh, we're looking forward to another weekend here. we got, got fall weather coming in. We got football basketball's coming soon and, uh, Tennessee UNC football's back in action. Thanks for listening. It's been sitting sports side.